Thank you, and welcome to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Deb Brady. Well, the new year is underway, and if you're in business, you want to make it one of the best ever. And Jill Ellis Worthington of Right On Communications will join us with ideas and tips that will help put your company out front. And speaking of being out front, how do you feel about being in front of crowds or behind a microphone? Toastmasters International has been helping people gain skill and confidence for years. And we're joined this morning by Diane Gordon to take an opportunity to join a new Toastmasters club. And it's a new year, and that means new adventures for our CEO and president, Deborah Brady. And Deborah will save that for later in the show. Right now, we welcome our first guest, Diane Gordon. Good morning, Diane. Good morning, Jim. Diane is with uh, London Living Real Estate, been with them for a few years. Uh, Yes. 38 or so, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Diane is also Toastmaster Division S Director. That's a fairly big area. You have how many clubs? I have 25 clubs that I um, look after. I have six area directors and 542 Toastmaster members. Well, that 25 is clubs. a lot of smooth talkers in London. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 25 clubs and we'd like to see it be 26. We sure would. And the 26th one being the BBB Toastmasters Club. And Diane, you're helping us with that right now. Can you tell us a little bit about why someone might be interested in joining Toastmasters? Well, Deb, I can convey to you my experience. Being a business person for many years, I went to the Protocol School of Washington and became an etiquette consultant. Then I was asked to do public speaking. It was what do I do? I'm good one-on-one. Now I have to use my public speaking voice. In joining Toastmasters, I got more than I bargained for. I learned communication skills and leadership skills, and one enhances the other. With strong communication skills, you will excel in your profession. And with strong communication skills, you will perform better in relationships. You will help your employees. You will help your family and friends. And then with communication skills, you can develop leadership skills. And leadership skills can help you in your career also. It can help you being a soccer coach. It can help you manage a team of employees. So with Toastmasters, yes, it is a full package of learning. And it is so very, very affordable. And I have seen the changes in people from that go from shy and withdrawn to standing up doing their icebreaker, which is their first speech, which is a tell-all-about-them, to after the 10th speech, which is completing your competent communicator, to being effervescent, to learning body language, eye contact, vocal variety. So with Toastmasters, you can use all of these skills, whether in the workplace or at home. Beyond learning the skills that are really essential to effectively improving our communication skills for home, for work, for all of our extracurricular activities, people are also forming friendships and having fun, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It is a lot of fun. We do have social uh, engagements. We had what we just had, billiards, babbling, and beer, which was at (laughs) Hustler's Pool Hall. A lot of fun. And yes, you do establish lifetime friendships because you get to know people in a educational, non-judgmental environment. What I took away from Toastmasters also is everything is evaluated and it's positively evaluated. So let's say you're doing a performance review with an employee. You're going to sit with the employee and you're going to talk to them and say, these are your grow points. 
How can we work with you? How can we work together to make or help you be a better employee? So in the evaluations, you can actually turn that and take that again to your business life or your marriage. Honey, you didn't pick up the margarine. That is a grow point. <laughs> so the, it, it really sounds like complete growth. Um, when we think of Toastmasters, I think our initial impression is it's getting up and speaking. But this sounds as though it's a whole lot more than just being able to talk um, and, and make a speech of some sort, but uh, a full growth pattern. It is. It's growth, and you would be surprised how many Toastmasters there are. There are 345 Toastmaster members as we speak, 15,900 clubs in over 142 countries. You're not alone. People come to the organization for just that, and you can pick whatever you're there for. Are you there for communication skills? Some people are just there for leadership skills, or are you there for friendship and camaraderie? Right. And I know that when I first joined Toastmasters many years ago, I went because I wanted to be able to go into a job role that had more communication requirements than being an accountant. And I was really worried about that first exposure. But my experience was that it wasn't being in the hot seat that I got to do. I got to do little steps, baby steps, getting into the situation where I could actually do a speech. So it was a lot easier for me than I expected. Well, that first step is to attend a meeting and, and get okay. signed up. And uh, so we should probably let people know how they can do that for this new club or any club that's in the area of Division S. Certainly. Jim, Better Business Bureau Toastmasters meets on Mondays at 545 and concludes at 7.15. It's a one-hour and 30-minute club. They plan on meeting in Wortley Village, which is great because their office is nearby. They will have speakers uh, follow the normal Toastmasters agenda. I believe they are going to have their first meeting January the 16th, and everyone is welcome. Please join us. We will have guest speakers. We will have table topics. Come and we'll tease you with table topics. And again, it's January the 16th at 545 and uh, stay posted as to the location. But as they plan to have their meetings every second Monday of the month. And if you want further information, you can go on to the BBB site and the information will be there. And one thing that's different about this BBB club compared to other clubs is that BBB will be uh, subsidizing part of the cost of the club for members for the first year. So if it's, it, it lowers the barriers to entry, shall we say. So let's take that first step. And Diane Gordon, thank you once again for being uh, with us here on Ask BBB. Thank you very much, Jim. And, and we'll Deborah. be back in just a moment. I'm Deb Brady, and we're back with Ask BBB with our guest this morning, Jill Ellis Worthington, Chief Communicator at Right On Communications. With the new year here, we need to be thinking about how we need to be improving our businesses in the future. And Jill is going to talk to us a little bit about how we do that. Welcome, Jill. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Can you tell us a little bit how we should approach having a communications plan? Well, it really does all start with the plan. Um, a strategic communications plan is a malleable document that um, 
everyone should have, all businesses have, most don't, so don't feel badly if you don't, but it kind of mirrors your overall business plan. And strategic is one of the key words there. So when I say mirrors, I mean if you have specific communication or specific business goals for business growth, um, how do we make your communication goals uh, mirror those and support those? So it's a process that you go through and uh, have a conversation with yourself or have a conversation with a business partner or somebody who's a strategic communication planner, something like that. So it's it's a it's a in-depth process. It's pretty straightforward, but it just forces you to think through all the big questions. So when I start it, should I have my strategic plan or my business plan on one side of my desk and the other side is where I'm going to start writing a strategic communication plan to tie in with that strategic plan or business plan? That's a great way to do it. That's a great way to do it. Be really familiar with your um, your business plan and make sure it's up to date and refresh it. So if you're still using the document you started used when you started your business um, and uh, went to the bank so many years ago, that's not uh, really the way to do it. But something that's up to date that reflects your current goals and uh, so starting from there, you just build the different components. So first of all, you look at your business goals and what kinds of communication goals could um, support that. And you might not know those really until the end of the process. So just it's a brainstorming session. So no answer is wrong. Just do a brain dump and just let everything come out and then you compare it back afterwards. I use a form when I work with my clients that has all the major points in it, and then it's a document that we both share and know so we can make sure that we're on track. But if you um, if you don't have such a document, you could uh, probably look one up on the Internet, or if uh, the listeners wanted to email me at jill at com, I'm happy to share mine. That's a really generous offer. So it sounds like something that you should get really in a cozy spot, have a nice cup of coffee, sit down and get ready to think this through. And I see that you have some categories there. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, again, start with the goals. uh, And then those might become more clear towards the end because after the goals, you think about your target audiences. So if your business is sells products to or services specific demographics, uh, one gender or the other, specific age groups, uh, families, uh, if you're targeting different segments of the population, you need to be really clear on who your target audience is. Who's your ideal client? Uh, Where does he or she shop? What are his or her habits? That sort of thing. So the clearer picture you have of that, the easier it's going to be to choose what communication strategies you're going to use to reach those uh, folks. So um, once you have a clear picture, you'll know whether if it's a female over 40, she may have more interest in like Pinterest, or if it's a younger person in their 20s, they may do more on Instagram. Um, it helps you choose what kinds of mainstream media you might use. Um, older demographic uh, still uh, reads newspapers, whereas the younger demographic might be more present in magazines. So it really helps guide your choices on where you're going to stream your communication. So you need to know the where, and so you probably need to know the what, the message as well? Well, the the message really comes a little bit later because once you, you know your uh, goals and your target – then we look at your um, issues and counters. What are all of the things that could prevent you from reaching your goals? 
Um, are you very new in the business? Is there a very crowded marketplace? Is your own disorganization holding you back? Is your own lack of clarity holding you back? Are Is there something dramatic that's happened in your industry, say, it's back 2008 and you were in the banking industry? You know, that was a horrible time for that. So that's going to be a big issue. Has there been some kind of really great growth in your um, industry that uh, will cause uh, maybe distract people, that sort of thing? So we we need to know those so that the next session is solutions. So how are you going to overcome those things? So once you know all of those things, then you can get to the messaging and form a general action plan and come up with all the tactics you're going to use, what social media platforms you're going to use, what mainstream media you're going to use. Will you uh, try and reach bloggers to get your message out? Uh, will you cross-blog with others? Will you uh, do direct networking? Will you use speaking? That sort of thing. So there's just many, many ways to uh, reach those audiences. So that's really what we're trying to to uh, figure out by going through and thinking very clearly and specifically about the different components of the plan. Is timing part of the plan when when you should share these certain messages? Absolutely. Part of the plan is, uh, is uh, an editorial calendar. So um, is your business cyclical? Do, are you an accountant or something when you're going to be busier at a certain time of year? Or are you a retailer? So definitely timing is, is always an issue. Okay. Are there any other um, key tips that somebody should be considering when uh, coming up with their strategic communications plan? Well, first of all, they should do it. So many people don't. And the other thing is to keep it up to date. Keep looking at it. Keep refreshing it. Because if you're relying on old messaging or thinking about your audience in a way that's not current, your um, communication, your marketing and all that is not going to be effective. And social media is changing so quickly, there could be whole new channels that they could miss out on if they're not current. Absolutely. Well, Jill, thank you very much for being here today and sharing this information. I want to let our listeners to know that they can reach you at rightoncommunicationservices.com and they can email you at jill at rightoncommunicationservices.com. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to Ask BBB. With Deborah Brady, and this is the last time that we will have you here on the show. Uh, Deborah is the president and CEO of BBB Western Ontario. Uh, Deb, before we talk about your leaving and where you're going, oh, let's just uh, talk about what you brought to uh, the BBB. You brought extensive experience and background of business and expertise to your position. Uh, just review a little bit of that for us. And- Oh, well, my previous work experience was primarily in corporate finance and marketing, working with uh, international companies and helping small businesses get start, started up, help them get financed and um, uh, get consulted with them in getting their contracts started and their businesses underway. So I had a lot of um, business experience in that side. Then I took that um, financial advising from the corporate world to individuals and I had a chance to work with my dad for a couple of years doing uh, financial advising for people in London. Mm-hmm. And you had a business uh, degree to back all that up. Yeah. I actually, I have a bachelor's in finance and in marketing and a master's in strategic planning, from all from the University of Texas. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about your strategic planning here in just a, a moment. But one of the other things, that people are familiar with the BBB, Locally, we look for the seal and the companies and yeah. all. But uh, BBB is an international organization, and uh, right. as CEO here, you've been involved at the international level 
of BBB. That's right. After a couple of years experience with our local BBB, even though we're one of the smallest in our international organization, um, I took on a leadership role representing Canada to the international board, um, working primarily on finance issues and also on some other um, leadership roles. So that was a great opportunity to um, learn from other colleagues and also to um, bring a little more focus to Canada and the other Canadian BBBs and make sure that um, people in Canada are are getting their fair share of the attention. How big is BBB in Canada? So um, we have 10 BBBs in Canada, and every province except for Quebec has a BBB representing it. Canada represents about 10% of the global BBB membership. Now, that's that's a big world. It is. But there's a bigger world out there that uh, you've decided, along with your husband, Rick, that you're going to go out and, and adventure in. That's right. Tell us a little bit about that, what you've decided to do. Your time with the BBB is, is finished now. Yeah, so that's the hard part of this whole decision was deciding to leave a job that I love. Normally, people retire from a job, and I'm retiring to an adventure instead. If I could, I'd do both. But my adventure is Rick and I are hitting the globe. We have uh, two suitcases, a couple of cameras, and we're just going to travel. We're starting in Iceland. If we're going to leave our winter clothes there, you know, who wants to? People think we're crazy going to Iceland in January, but the northern lights are great then. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to head to warmer climes. Deb, a lot of people think about doing something like this. They read adventure books. They think about traveling. But uh, very few actually do it. How long have you had this in mind? Well, I've had a lot of experience traveling across the globe for my profession. When my husband and I met online, we both had in our profiles that we had an interest in extended travel. That's one of the things that attracted us to each other. That was always kind of in the back of our minds. And when we went on our honeymoon to Italy, we decided that we were going to make this happen. Even three weeks was not long enough in Italy. And we love London, we love Canada, but we also want to see more of the world, and we'd like to share some of Canada with the world. So now that's one of the things I said a lot of us want to do it. You're going to share some of of what you've seen here, but are you going to share what you're seeing in your travels so that we can kind of vicariously go on this trip with you? We sure are. We've started a travel blog called lovinglifeonthego.com. Plan on doing two things. One is documenting our travels, what we're seeing, what we're doing. We plan on doing some volunteer work throughout the globe. We're planning to have some cultural experiences, and we're trying to get a little off the beaten track from where many people have already been before. We'll document all of that. But we're also going to document how we did it, because Like many other people, we dreamed about this, and it took some effort to put together a plan to actually make it happen. And so we're we're test driving that plan, and we're (laughs) going to let people know um, what works for us and um, how they might be able to apply some of those tips for themselves. Now, you mentioned that you're going to warmer climes. Do you know where that that is at this time? Well, our first warm stop is going to be in Madeira, which is an island belonging to Portugal, but it's actually closer to Morocco. And we're also planning to have other warm places like uh, Vietnam and Thailand on our trip. But uh, we haven't planned anything beyond our second stop. We're just going to um, play it, you know, loose and uh, decide where we want to go, where's there good travel um, opportunities, good rates. Um, We're going to do some house sitting. We're going to do some volunteer projects. So we're just going to go where the flow is. Deb, tell us again what that 
uh, blog is because I'm I'm sure that uh, some of the people listening right now, and certainly your friends uh, and the people that you've met, are going to want to follow this. So the blog again is lovinglifeonthego.com. Well, the sparkle in your eyes tells me that you're going to have a great time and that we're going to be able to uh, have that great time along with you. Uh, Deb, on behalf of the folks that listen to Ask BBB and um, the folks who have been part of your BBB life, thanks for being with us. (laughs) Well, it's been my pleasure. And while I'm on the road, I plan on bringing my BBB water bottle. So you'll be seeing some pictures of that bottle all across the globe. So this is goodbye. Farewell, my friend. (laughs) And let's close off the show by telling people they can ask BBB as well as follow Deb's website. Uh, And if you want to uh, make suggestions for uh, shows, you can tweet us at uh, hashtag AskBBB. And we thank our producer of the show, Ashley Castleman, BBB Western Ontario's uh, communication manager, for holding us all together here uh, on this uh, first show of the year. So, Deb, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Deb Brady. Till next time. Continue to start with trust.